0: We have to go back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flix retro movie podcast. This is X-Men Origins.
1: Ricky. Oh, and I guess that would make me just the Grayson. If that oh, yeah, the follows grayson. the committee. Yeah, X-Men Origins colon The Grayson. Excellent. <laughs> Rise of The Grayson. Your memoirs are going to be way more well-received than
0: mine. Days of uh, <laughs> Future Grayson. And today we are taking a look back at the 2009 origin story, X-Men Origins colon Wolverine. We have a dash. We have a colon. Punctuation heavy title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we are reviewing this because... Um, At the time of this recording, movies aren't coming out, but trailers are. And we just saw the new trailer for New Mutants, so... It was a teaser, but we'll take what we can get. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So we decided to look back at uh, just everyone's favorite mutant, which that is uh, said with no sarcasm, uh, Wolverine. So, let's, let's just, before we even go back into this, Grayson, as a kid, okay... Let me tell you. Let me just tell some definitive 90s kids facts, okay? You could tell, before all these personality quizzes online or anything like that, You in the 90s, what you had to do was you had to choose your alliance in, in your pop culture media. It's just like, okay, so who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Whoever you decided that. That was your characteristic, uh, and if you were someone who was like cool but rude, and you liked Raphael, then there is like a ninety nine point nine percent chance
1: that Wolverine was also your favorite X Men. Oh, I see. So what you felt about Ninja Turtles informed how you felt about X Men as well. Yeah, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera.
0: and. And Wolverine was just one of the best characters uh, in the Marvel Universe. Like, really, as far as, like, solo heroes, he's, like, up there with Spider-Man as far as iconic, long-standing superheroes. Even though Wolverine, compared to the rest of the Marvel Universe, is not he hasn't been around for as long. Uh, he was first introduced in 19... Uh, 19- 74 uh in the incredible hulk as just like uh, an assassin basically uh and then he later joined the x-men team uh in the 80s so he was also relatively new but i also think that that's why people really attached on to him uh because he was this new edgy drifter who kind of like made his way into the uh the marvel verse and so uh I, I just fondly remember watching Wolverine in the X-Men animated TV show. Uh, I remember my uncle would tell me uh, just th- he was really big into comics. And anytime I went to go visit, uh, he would just tell me different storylines from uh, the Wolverine comics. Huh. So that was That's like really one sweet. of my direct connections to Wolverine. Like My uncle used to tell me about his storylines. Like, yeah, so he went on this mission uh, and he would just verbally tell me these comic book stories. And I, I just remember loving it so much. Uh, And so you can only imagine one's excitement when you hear that your favorite uh, Claude Canadian is going to have his own movie in 2009. And a lot of people were very excited about this movie. Uh, And production-wise, none more uh, than Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was very heavily involved in the uh, The creation of this movie Um, and they everyone working on it cited their sources. Uh, So David uh, Beninoff, uh, one of the original writers, uh, he was a huge comic book fan and spent like three years working on this project and they Went to the comics and started looking at uh, Barry Windsor Smith's Weapon X storyline, as well as Chris Claremont in Frank Miller's 1982 Wolverine limited series, uh, which is, you know, his favorite storyline about Wolverine. But really, comic book wise, not much about Wolverine's actual origin was explored until the early 2000s limited series called Origin, uh, which revealed Wolverine's life before the whole weapon x program in as early as the 1800s which is wild uh and so they kind of blended all of those stories together and they're like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do right by this character he has knives for hands so we're gonna make this dark and edgy and fox said nope not doing that
1: yet uh (laughs) and if you're uh if that name sounded familiar of david benioff yes that is the same david benioff that was the showrunner and co-creator for game of thrones and so you know he can do dark and edgy oh yeah uh as well as adaptations yeah he's like just give me a chance
0: just give me a chance uh and so uh the 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 uh kind of i guess uh feedback from this movie uh is that there was a lot of executive meddling happening behind the scenes uh meddling <laughs> okay. well. uh so uh th- there's just a lot of things that happened in this movie that were you know fox executive decisions uh because here's the here's a big thing that a lot of people forget uh especially if you didn't grow up with this movie at the time X-Men Origins Wolverine was supposed to be like the introduction to having all of these standalone origin movies for all these Marvel characters. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine was supposed to be followed by uh, X-Men Origins Magneto, X-Men Origins Deadpool, X-Men Origins Gambit. Uh, But after getting disappointing reviews from this movie, um the magneto script was eventually incorporated into x-men first class uh and the x-men origin series as like a concept was just scrapped altogether and then of course years later we would get deadpool and uh and gambit i think is still in production i mean it has been every now and then it pops back up yeah like people almost (laughs) people love gambit just almost as much as they love Wolverine, because I remember he was one of my go-to characters uh, in the Marvel vs. Capcom games. Oh man, Oh, no, yeah, it was, it was. He was just so great, and so so this mov- movie was released with a lot of expectation of it being the next big franchise series, because this takes place right after uh, the
1: uh, X Men Three United. Uh, we stand, yeah. It's easy to forget that too that this was launching a whole nother Wolverine trilogy kind of by accident, but yeah, Hugh Jackman had already completed the full X Men trilogy by this point, even though this takes place exactly before that trilogy, and the next one in the Wolverine series takes place immediately after it. So I kept forgetting that when I was watching it, being like, Oh, yeah, he had already done. the core x-men movies by this point yeah th- this
0: was like a joey prequel like if if joey mm-hmm. had a spinoff and the first season was just all what did joey do before he met everyone in friends then oh, that geez. would be scrubs underground <laughs> yes exactly uh where they're just getting their prerequisites uh and so when this movie was released it had a budget of 150 million dollars and it went on to make over 373 million dollars worldwide that's a lot of adamantium um it was the highest selling and most rented dvd release of the week uh, when it was released, and it sold over three million copies. Eight hundred and fifty thousand of them were Blu-rays, uh, and oh. and through the first six weeks, the DVD was sold three point seven nine million copies. Generated.
1: million in sales. Wow. And speaking of DVDs and Blu-rays, on the awards side of this, they were nominated for a Saturn Award. We've mentioned a few times the Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film Awards. Um, It got nominated for Best DVD slash Blu-ray Special Edition Release, too. So I think the content on the DVD and Blu-rays also facilitated a lot of that. There was also this feeling of collecting and... uh, you know, this movie gets kind of knocked around quite a bit critically. uh, And we'll talk about that, but, and why that happens, but this did get nominated for best science fiction film for a Saturn award as well. Um, Sherry also got nominated for, uh, you know, some golden schmoes awards, like worst movie of the year and actually won a golden schmo for biggest disappointment (laughs) of the year. Um, But this was actually such a, a split reception in a lot of ways because, yeah, it makes a crazy amount of money, critically gets panned, but also, like, I, if you just look at the awards page on IMDb for this movie, you're like, I can't tell if people loved it or hate it. Like, it got nominated for a People's Choice Award for Favorite On-Screen Team, uh, nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Fight, uh, Kids' Choice Awards Got nominated uh, for a Blimp Award for favorite movie, uh, but then you look at you know you know winning biggest disappointment and things like that, and and it hasn't. Uh, aged incredibly well visually with the special effects. Oh, yes. The claws really came out, but uh, (laughs) they really came out this time, Ricky. The claws came out.
0: And here's something else that is uh, a sign of the time. So when Grace and I, we we both experienced this movie in theaters. And Mm -hmm. prior to... Were we together
1: when we saw this? I want to say yes. I think we were,
0: Uh, yeah. Because I definitely didn't see it twice in theaters. Uh. Oh, Sure. (laughs) But, so, here's the thing. Uh, A version of the movie was leaked uh, the week before it was scheduled to release. Oh, yeah. And so, what happened is that, basically, the movie was still being worked on. So, the version that Grayson and I saw in theaters was a completely different... Uh, graphical experience in the one that you probably see now on DVD or later, because when Grayson and I saw it in theaters, the scene in which Wolverine's claws first come out in the bathroom of Ma and Pa Kent, um, (laughs) it it, sounds like and Ricky. (laughs) It was literal, like an animated gif of someone's claws being just poorly
1: rotoscoped around. And we're
0: like, what is happening?
1: In my mind, I may have embellished this uh, mentally, but I remember feeling like they were almost detaching themselves from the fist. Yes. Like it, it it was a mess. Yes, glitter um, claws. So you're saying that... <laughs> whole glitter claws here. So you're saying that there are multiple versions then that they kind of George Lucas did and... and redid the special effects for later releases well, yes so for my memory at the very
0: least it is that because it was uh kind of released online early they were kind of just rushing to make sure that like people weren't seeing like so something kind of got lost in production and that by the time it was released they're like oh we're getting some feedback let's touch up at least this scene like still kind of editing after it's officially released and then the one that we saw in um on home video is the one that's final uh form but i do want to cover some of the uh reactions that the talent has had to this movie uh hugh jackman and you know everyone's favorite deadpool uh ryan reynolds uh both kind of have regret over this film um uh, uh, Hugh Jackman said that uh, it felt short of his expectations uh, and that's why everyone wanted to do something uh, different with the Wolverine and then Logan. Uh, and because Hugh Jackman just really does love this character so much but he also wanted to be able to bridge the gap between what was who Wolverine is in the comics and on screen uh, and then Deadpool, who is just such a fixture in the 90s uh and so many people's favorite uh marvel character uh ryan reynolds took this job he took a bit role uh and as everyone knows ryan reynolds is a lead star uh he took this bit role just so he could play wade wilson as deadpool uh he's like i don't care like egos aside salaries aside i will do whatever it takes to Uh, play deadpool uh and this was his uh first step in towards you know having the deadpool that we now have today uh and uh this version of deadpool by the fans is known as dino as in deadpool in name only uh because Uh. this is uh this is not deadpool (laughs) he's the merc without the mouth three moments grayson there are only three moments in this film that i could not let pass and and so we're gonna go into our favorite segment which is don't overthink it Dottie." uh so grayson yeah ricky lay it on me an hour into this movie which is you know it's an hour 45 minutes or two hours if you watch the extended cut We're over
1: halfway there yeah
0: a line is said which is he never stood a chance The only thing that's going to stop him is an adamantium bullet. Mm. The adamantium bullet. The Chekhov's adamantium bullet, I believe (laughs) is what they call it, uh, was one of the most mind-boggling. You have this character whose only job is to shoot people and never miss. And so he has... A custom box with the cute little revolver, or I think that's what, like that's
1: uh, what the uh, dirty hairy gun. I want to say. Yeah, it was uh, really designed for the nostalgic at heart. (laughs) And then these
0: custom-made six adamantium bullets, and you wouldn't give it to the guy?
1: Uh, You know, it'd be like, uh, you know, you have Hawkeye, (laughs) and he needs to take someone down. And instead of giving him, like, the adamantium arrow, you give him a blindfold. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly
0: it. And so... That was one of the main moments. I was just like, "Oh, but
1: yeah. why?" But you know what? But you know what? You know what my suggestion is? What is it, Grayson. Just just take an adamantium bullet to the brain and don't <laughs> overthink it.
0: <laughs> You're right, Grayson. I should yeah. just just don't overthink it. You're right. Um uh, mm-hmm. moment number 2, Grayson.
1: Oh, sure. Deadpool. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been highly talked about and referenced uh, in other X-Men movies exclusively Deadpool movies. But yeah,
0: there are two things that deadpool does he talks so they got rid of his mouth so he can't talk sure sure. it is the thing with the adamantium swords which on paper sounds like a really cool thing but in practicality you you have to move you can't your joints, when they're retracted, you can't bend your arms. They are arm-length swords. <laughs> it just doesn't because we saw we saw Logan's skeleton. You saw his skeletal structure, his bones, uh-huh. he has extra bones in his forearms that then somehow break their way through his very wide wrists, apparently, and retract out. And we saw that. Yeah. That's how that works. I saw zero hinges on that adamantium blade so it doesn't like collapse
1: Mm. in it's just
0: uh, like he would just have to swing his arms
1: like yeah or unless he's kind of like alex macking them and it's (sighs) like liquid until it it touches air uh yeah i don't i mean that's that
0: is Mm -hmm. the only logical explanation i will accept (laughs) and they better say that that's the case
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of issues with with Deadpool, which is why he, I guess, canonically got fixed later on. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. um, what really kind of confused me is, yeah, I get that Stryker would want to seal up the mouth because he made a bunch of comments about like, oh, if you didn't have that mouth, you'd be the perfect soldier Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But if you look at the post-credit sequence for this entire movie, right, where Deadpool's body is going through the rubble, trying to find his head and he finds Deadpool's head. The mouth is open. It has been ripped open in the fall. And he does that creepy shh thing instead of saying something directly to camera. And he's still looking at the camera. So he's aware the camera's there. That's something that's Deadpool like classic Deadpool. Uh, (laughs) But I think it would have been a really interesting moment if, you know, as everyone's walking up in that warehouse and then Deadpool emerges and his mouth is sealed shut, if he used one of those swords to, like, rip open his own mouth and be like, oh, my gosh. I guess the whole thing is that his personality is different. Like, he's not funny. He would He's being controlled at that point by Striker, right. Right? right? So it's confusing. One thing I did notice, though, and this is still within the Don't Overthink It, but, uh, you know, he doesn't look like Deadpool. He doesn't have the the red suit or anything. He's got red scrub pants, I suppose. Uh, but what I noticed that I didn't really pick up on before is the scars from where they put um, uh, Scott Summer's uh, abilities, like with the eyes and stuff. They did try to make it look like the Deadpool mask. And so I'm going to trade that don't overthink it for a, oh, I see what you did there. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll I see it. what they did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- uh, Dino Deadpool.
0: I, uh, I will. I see what they were. I see. I see that the attempt was made. Um, and really, my my last thing is honestly really just nitpicky because uh, of uh, raises nerd glasses. My comic book background. Um, so one of my favorite uh, comics to read is X twenty three. X twenty three is uh, technically, I mean, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't read these comics or doesn't know what this character is, even though she has been making her way into the wider MCU. um, X-23 is an experimented-upon mutant who is technically Logan's daughter um, because she's basically made to be the next Weapon X. And so she has... She's she's like you, Logan. Exactly. (laughs) Very much like you. Uh, And so... That's basically X twenty three, and so she has two claws per fist, Uh, Mm -hmm. and one thing that and in the foot and in the foot, you're right Uh, because the female Wolverine, (laughs) yeah. And so here's the interesting thing that they talk about in the comics, which I thought was like so brutal, but also so fascinating, is that um, you know Wolverine and X twenty three have bone claws. And Mm -hmm. what they had to do, they said, well, what we need to do is we actually need to shave down their bones in order to make them more blade like, Uh, which I was like, that is awful and fascinating. Like, that's that must be what they had to have done to Wolverine as well and so it was weird to see the bone claws come out and then yeah we plated it with adamantium and it made them nice and shiny like knives i'm like yeah it would have been interesting if they would have gone to just a little detail because it goes to like very bumpy bone looking claws to very thin little knives but that is very nitpicky but it's one of the things that bothered me about the movie
1: you got to try to not overthink. I guess it's like what dentists do with teeth when they put in caps. Uh, you know what? I'll allow bridges that. and stuff. Yeah. You brought my list down to 2. <laughs> oh great, great. <laughs> uh, well, I have one. Uh, I have a don't overthink it too. Oh yeah, please. To throw out there. Why no blood on the claws? Uh. <laughs> I guess I'm so used to Logan, Logan that yeah. like your claws were all up in saber tooth. Why no blood on the claws?
0: Grayson, I actually have a great answer for you. It's just as the claws are coming out, the clothes are just wiping it very clean. It's like... uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. He should do
1: infomercials for
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Tired of getting blood
1: all over your clothes? Well, now PG-13 rating introduces... The Pretty Mean InstaClean Wolverine Claws. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: Uh, But while we have been... You know, conducting this review, we've also been working on a little weapon of our own. Oh, yeah, Weapon XV Seven. I don't know how the seven got in there. we were doing Roman numerals this whole time. Uh, also known as Weapon Head Cannon. Head cannon. It's the <laughs> pooling of all the minds and weapons of war. Uh, Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you Unique ideas about the movie And untold stories based on evidence provided By the film So, Grayson, my headcanon Mm -hmm. For this movie is largely One that I I Can't take full credit for There is this This is, uh, I want to say I saw it in a Cracked video uh, But Cracked has this headcanon About Sonic the Hedgehog uh, That basically The entire game of Sonic the Hedgehog is just a ploy by Dr. Robotnik uh, and how it's basically Dr. Robotnik has already won nothing. He's roboticized almost the entire world. And he created these loops and these little trials to basically have Sonic the Hedgehog be a hamster on a hamster reel endlessly running through these different mazes essentially only to make him think that he's stopping him but actually if you look at the world around him almost everything is roboticized almost everything has already been taken over so all that to say is that my head canon is that this movie is not canon or is canon but only inside of logan's mind mm. and because logan has never actually interacted with deadpool in this movie that's why he looks so different he only has like they like i guess uh you know how they the uh, there's a, a concept that you can never dream about a face that you haven't already seen
1: Oh, yeah, you populate it with, like, subliminally... Yeah, and And so that's uh, what's happening.
0: Because I don't think that he's ever seen Wade's... act, Or he has seen Wade's face, but um, afterwards, he hasn't. He was just kind of making up that, like, oh, you look different, but I don't know
1: how. Uh, And so... He had, like, vaguely one-time shop for T-shirts at Target. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. So that's
0: my headcanon. That's That's how it fits in. So this exists as... Basically, a dream sequence. So, if you watch Days of Future Past, and then as soon as he kind of goes back in time, uh, when that Logan
1: sleeps, he dreams of X Men Origins <laughs> Ah, so it's like uh, NBC's awake. Yeah. He's jumping back and forth. <laughs> yes. No, I like that. My my head canon also revolved around uh, Logan's mental state. Um, I I think he is. I mean, he definitely has PTSD from all of the trauma that he's gone through in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that play out in a very real way. But I do think part of why he is able to connect with Xavier so well is that Logan is, like, clinically insane. Um, mm. Which would make sense because this is kind of like what they touch on in Butterfly Effect, I think, with Ashton Kutcher. Where it's like he lives so many lives that he basically his brain is trying to contain Mm. all that information and it broke Mm -hmm. his brain and i love the theme of you know an indestructible body but a fractured mind and i think it would play into a lot of that also makes sense why his relationship with gene gray would be what it is because they're always trying to like gene and xavier are always trying to like fix logan's brain it feels like right um but yeah, I think the hallucinations are all part of it. In The Wolverine, we see more of his nightmares from everything uh, that happened in Last Stand. And it does make sense of a lot of the more out there elements uh, within the, the X Men universe that aren't just explained by mutation. Um, and so, yeah, I my, that just kind of comes alongside your headcanon as well of like, there's a lot of mental turmoil happening here so i would really love to see in new mutants they open a door and they just see like wolverine uh as a patient in that asylum which is basically what happened in uh apocalypse now that i say it out loud and then he like ran away into the woods uh but yeah more of that more of that yeah Uh, i love that
0: yeah amazing headcanon and now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recasts and
1: remakes. Recast,
0: remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I, you know, if if we aren't going to go for Hugh Jackman, the gift to the X Men universe as he is, I and I know I've probably said this before um, in previous uh, reviews of. Uh, the other x movies but um i really think that the the comic accurate version of wolverine is none other than john berthnall oh uh, punisher or or, or Burnthal. i forget i might have said it wrong but he's the punisher in the netflix series and since all the netflix series don't exist you have to worry about continuity and so just get him there um, and I mean, if you just need his audition reel, just just watch The Punisher on Netflix, and just hear him grunt and say anything, and you will have yourself the uh, the perfect Wolverine. Yeah, the only problem
1: opinion. there is John Berthal has a very specific uh, uh, movement that he makes as an actor. He does it in every single role, and that's where he rubs the back of his head. And you do that with some claws, <laughs> it's going to get messy. Yeah, he does. Like Every it. watch everything he does. He scratches the back of his head. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh But yeah, and storyline wise, I I would spend a like. I honestly think that you can make the entire X Men Origins Wolverine movie just like that montage war yes. scene up front, like exactly what be. I wrote
1: verbatim. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it. Make that the whole series, every single war. So you have, like, when he's fighting in the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. It's like, that's your series. Uh, play it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that would be incredible. Especially since I I think the, uh, you know, Wolverine, again, he has knives for fists. I, I think you, you kind of have to put him in an environment where that uh, is more applicable i guess i mean because he 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 is a weapon he is weapon x uh he uh, we i I think it's uh it's challenging to have him be in this semi-sanitized environment uh where he's not going into battle all the time um in order to see him um you know do a lot of things that people are expecting a man with knives for hands to do Mm -hmm. so um you know i i think Just kind of putting him in that setting makes uh, more sense. And I really want more of the X-Force. Like, basically, they gave you so much in the (laughs) first 10 minutes of the movie. Like, okay, great. So here's his origin story. They've been fighting in all these wars. And then they get inducted to the X-Force. And here's what the X-Force does. I'm like, you mean there is a mutant team of assassins and we only see them for, like, three minutes? Like I want more of that. Just basically take the first ten minutes of this movie and slow it down because X Force is a ongoing uh, comic storyline where Wolverine and a bunch of other mutants are part of uh, a mercenary for hire team, and Deadpool is on that team. And so it would be really cool to see that story. Like I would love for them to just come out with an X, like X Men Origins X Force. Um, extreme to the X limit. Um, and I think that that would be a really, really good,
1: good time. Yeah. For casting, uh, I, I just pulled directly from the DC EU. Uh, my first option, Henry Cavill. Oh. And so, yeah. uh, you know, if there's bad blood there, just, just bring them <laughs> on over. Mm. So mm. I would like to see maybe a Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh Picking up kind of the older Logan, the one yeah. uh, kind of fan casting that I've heard a lot and would be on board with is Daniel Radcliffe. I think that's kind of an interesting. It would be more of a transformation yeah. for him, but I think I think it could be uh, uh, you know a choice worth exploring. Yeah, I like the sound
0: of that. Alright, now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend X-Men Origins
1: Wolverine? I recommend this movie because Hugh Jackman. I mean, it's what the whole thing is really built around. It's just getting hugh jackman back in this role Uh, and ryan reynolds for the i remember every ryan reynolds in this movie so vividly uh the limited time he does have he makes the most of and uh i'm just so glad that that wrong was righted uh later on uh, with the deadpool movies but hugh jackman could take this character anywhere um and the fact that he's retired the role, I think, is a shame. I, I hold out hope that it could come back. Um, but this movie is more of that. So uh, it also it's important in the entire X-Men life because it showed that you could have stories beyond the core trilogy. And it all began here. Right. This This is the earliest as well, even earlier than first class for the first scene because we pick it up in 1845. And so it's the earliest in the timeline other than you know, Apocalypse in Ancient Egypt for a post-credit sequence. But like when you're looking at where does the story start for a lot of these core characters, um, it starts earlier, camps out later than first class, so it kind of jumps around there. But it's a core part of the origins of all of these characters coming together. So if you want to get the entire X-Men story, this is incredibly important and the the scene of wolverine coming out of the water and slashing i mean that's from this movie so you really don't get the full wolverine story without seeing how it played out here so that's why i recommend x-men origins wolverine
0: well said grayson yeah i i want to clone exactly what you said and add some adamantium to it because that is such a great recommendation the the only thing i'll add to it is that like This movie was not well received in 2009, especially among comic book fans and people who just love superhero movies, uh, because it was we were ushering in a new era. The MCU was barely getting started with Iron Man. And so we, we were just starting to kind of usher in a new style of superhero movies that people were kind of. Going off of and away from the early 2000s, um, all black, uh, we're serious because we look kind of like the Matrix. And so um I think that um, this movie kind of got clustered in with all of the pre MCU style of uh, just movie making and how action movies were shown like if you look at the first x-men trailer it looks complete it looks like it is a completely different genre of movie than anything like days of future past like those two trailers don't look like they're in the same class alone same movie characters and so uh i think it's worth looking back at this movie and giving it a chance and understanding how it fits into the larger x-men stories and also it's um it's really fun like action adventure wise like i'm like yeah like the first the first hour it just hits you non-stop which is like action 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 uh what's happening more action mm-hmm. it's like oh what's that under your seat more action and it just it was really fun it was check really... your pockets <laughs> action oh just have a paper clip and some fuzz oh more action I'll bite size uh, action <laughs> uh, and so it's definitely worth going back and seeing and um I, I think it is a fun adventure. Uh, and one of the many that uh, Wolverine has. So that is our review of the 2009 movie X-Men Origins: colon, Wolverine. Let us know what you remember about X-Men Origins: Wolverine on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. and it would mean uh, just all, all, all the all the adamantium blades. Uh, to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice Uh, when you leave a rating and review what it does is that it mutates the algorithm so that people can see it more and it helps it to just circulate more also when you just share it if you just tell someone just like hey check out this podcast that also helps uh and then ultimately you know Uh, We will get big enough to be acquired by Disney, uh, (laughs) and that's really the dream, I guess? That's
1: what all this is building towards. That's what it's always been Big enough to be rebooted by Disney. Yep, Mm. that's it. On a scale of one to five, um, Uh, punctuation marks, because we got (laughs) (laughs) punctuation. For one, you got the dash. For two, you got the colon. For three, you got an exclamation mark that I'm throwing in after mm. Wolverine, uh, and then for four and five, you have the two periods in Will I Am's name. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Ooh. Or on a scale of one
0: to five X's. Oh. Uh, so weapon X five? Or no, I guess that would be a V. Uh, you know what? Y- We trust you. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.
1: Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast.
0: Since it's making its way to Netflix, what better time than to review the 2000-something movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind reason have you seen the movie i don't remember i
1: don't remember Uh, the the adamantium bullet got you too oh man we really are stacking these things back to back